action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined today by Obi. How are you doing, Obi? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Good. This is our first episode since our uh, increasingly drunken state on Christmas Eve. We're over a month later. Um, we do more of that. We do. I don't think any of us got to a even like moderately tipsy stage. Although I did listen back to it and I definitely start chatting a lot more shit towards the end. <laughs> I just back to it as well, actually. I probably enjoyed, enjoyed the episode. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Getting involved deep about horror and that. Yeah. <laughs> so you could check that out, um, all of our many listeners. Um, so like I said, this is going to be about uh, awards. So the Golden Globe winners and then looking to the Oscar nominations, which is in just under two weeks, I think. Um, or two weeks today, I believe. So, if we go back and look at the Golden Globes. Golden Globes tend to be a slight indicator of Oscar glory, but by the same extent, they split out motion pictures into drama and then comedy and musical, which I don't necessarily think... I don't mind that. I don't know. They're not the catch-all. So you got the winner of Best Drama Picture was 1917. Uh, it beat The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story and The Two Popes. Mm. And then Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which beat Rocket mm. Man. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. Say, wait, wait. Best Musical or Comedy was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. That's not a comedy. <laughs> really? Is it? I mean... <laughs> I don't know, really. That's the thing. You've got to fit... Like, The Martian won for Best Comedy and Musical in 2015 or whatever it came out, and it's neither of those. Um, but hey-ho, this is what Golden Globes choose to do. So that beat out Rocket Man, Dolomite is My Name, Jojo Rabbit, and Knives Out. So the, the two picture winners for the Golden Globes, 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, have you seen either of those? Seen both of them, yeah. Okay, what did you think of 1917? Because I saw that relatively recently. Um, yeah, same. Um, I really liked it. Um, I thought that, obviously, that the big selling point of the film was that it's all going to be as if it's, you know, one long take, blah, blah, blah. It's actually two takes, but sure. Well, uh, that was a cop-out, and it really annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> they sold us a dream, mate. They sold us a dream. Oh. So I was thinking, like, just to go off on a tangent, I was thinking whilst I was watching it, like, because obviously they were saying it was something about oh yeah there's eight hours we have eight hours to make it from here to here or whatever and I'm thinking like at some point surely they're gonna have to cut because otherwise you're just showing us a period of time and it's only gonna be like two hours which is how long the film is like you're surely gonna yeah. have to cut one point to another and obviously they did I didn't mind it but I was thinking like okay it's two takes not one or whatever but, um, yeah it wasn't very subtle either it was just a light black yeah but hey ho. Um, I, th- I actually really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was obviously really well shot visually. I thought it was it was sick. There were especially there was a few bits where um, oh, what was the boy's name? The guy who oh, what's his name? Do you remember his name? The uh, mate, not not the boy with the brother. His 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 friend who makes it to the end. Oh, they're only really known by their surnames, aren't they? Yeah. What's his name? Scott. Oh, I've got, got the internet in front of me. I'm sure one was called Tom. Da, da, da. Who have we got? 
can't search quick enough to be honest. <laughs> Haven't got that high speed internet connection. Oh. So George Mackay played Lance Corporal William Schofield. Schofield, um, that's it. And then yeah. uh, Baratheon played Tom Blake. Yeah, man like Tom. Um, With a geezer accent, by, by you know. I didn't recognise him. I, kept, I was watching him thinking, like, who are, I was thinking, I know you from somewhere. Like, couldn't place the face and it was really pissing me off. I, I had to place Google the face, but the voice. Like, he's gone from being a complete melt to being, like, Guy Ritchie's next film. So... <laughs> That was a bit strange. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it from more of a technical aspect, I think. Um, okay. It was quite a simple story in a sense. It was get a message from A to B to stop kind of a, an assault. So it was, in a sense, it was sort of like, I don't want to say an anti-war film because it wasn't against the war, but it was sort of like a war film which was sort of trying to stop the action. Yeah. So it was more of just, yeah, like a, a two-hander between... Um, Tom and William well, for half of it and then just kind of William carrying it on his own um, for, for the rest of it. Yeah. And I thought that um, sorry, I, was, I thought that um, like the bits that think the bits that stood out for me is the bit where um, the two of them go into that like bunker bit and it like explodes like there's like an explosion. I thought that whole bit was sick. Um, I think the bit where Tom gets stabbed is sick because I didn't see it coming. No, I didn't uh, either. And I thought that I thought that the bit with um, with Schofield and all the lights. I can't I can't remember what was happening at that point, but I was really running and there was bare lights and the way it was fading from light to darkness. That bit was sick. Yeah, and that then, was when he just leaves the the Belgian. Well, I presume yes. it was in Belgium or France. I'm not quite sure, but yeah. the the woman underground, and then he's like pegging it. Yeah, um, and the bit right at the end when he has to run, where Schofield has to run through all those soldiers to get to um, to uh, what's his face Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch what was mm-hmm. to get to to get him the note. That bit was sick as well. When you like, I think yeah, just the way. Obviously, I I think I appreciate it more from a storyline point of view than I think you did but I think yeah technically I think it did enhance it did enhance it quite a lot like just the way everything was shot it's kind of make you felt like you were like there with them yeah yeah I, it was quite immersive I feel like also to the point where it, you know to the effect that it doesn't necessarily show that much action is probably relatively realistic because you know war is not just 24-7 fighting and bombing and stuff there's a lot of downtime you know, I've seen articles from modern soldiers who say it's actually kind of boring quite a lot of the time because you're just yeah. sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. Um, and I did, yeah, like you said, it's immersive to an extent with, the, you know, you, you really, when the camera's in the water at the end with Schofield and he's going through all the bodies and I think he does quite a good job of, because a lot of, he doesn't say a lot, does he? But no. you can tell by his face and his like panting and just his general acting that, that you know, how much is affecting him. I think I would have maybe liked a bit more because I did feel quite tense, but I did I had quite no no real concept of how long was left. Mm. So you know they've got eight hours, but obviously there's no countdown. So you're not like oh my god they've only got ten minutes left. It's sort of like when he got to the army base, it was only when the point when one of the sergeants said oh they're about to go over that you're like oh okay this is quite close to the knuckle. Yeah. Um, other than that, I didn't really know how long he had 
left to Haven. But out of that category of the Irishman, Joker, marriage story and the two popes, do you think it's a worthy winner? The Irishman, Joker, marriage story and the two popes. I haven't seen the two popes, but out of the others, I think I enjoyed Joker more than 1917, but I'm not I don't feel like the Joker's been robbed or anything. Like, I think like, 17 is a really good film. So, yeah, yeah. I'll say it's deserved. It's tough, isn't it? Because you're comparing a one-take war film you're com- to a three-and-a-half-hour-long mobster epic with mm. a super-villain film and a divorce drama. So they're all very, very different films, and they've all got merits in their own right, and I did enjoy yeah. all of them. Um so, I mean, how do you decide? Like, I guess from a technical point of view, you would probably like The Irishman in 1917 stand out. Yeah. But, so I guess, I guess uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not kind of quibbling that one, to be honest. Um, the whole musical comedy one, <sighs> I mean, Tarantino pretty much just gets nominated for being Tarantino. He's, he's basically the, the Meryl Streep of directors. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I'm on record of, of my dismay for that film. Um, bullshit, man. <laughs> I watched Rocket Man for the second time yesterday. Sick film. Um, I think what I really like more about Rocket Man than I did with Bohemian Rhapsody is like the magical realism. Like, you know, it's not a lot of it is kind of fantastical. Like when he's playing songs and he like hovers in the air or he, he imagines himself like going up into space with Rocket Man sort of thing. So, She's I like, very like John's personality, I feel. <laughs> yes, yeah. You could. I, I sort of, when he sings the songs, you can sort of get a grasp or a sense of how he felt either singing it or when he was like coming up with the music for it. And all the songs sort of tie into good moments in his life. So when he comes out of rehab and you've got, I'm still standing. So it, it works quite fittingly. Um, mm. and, I, and I think that kind of fantastical element worked a lot better. Um, and that's the reason why I enjoyed it more than, than Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, you've seen Dolomite, so what, what do you think about Dolomite? I really like, I really liked it, you know. I didn't think I would like it because um, I haven't watched Eddie Murphy film in, in years, so I was thinking like, oh, like this, he's making his return to making films, and obviously he's also doing uh, more stand-up because that was what he was like first known for back in like the eighties. Um, so I was thinking like, what's this going to be like? And I watched it, and I was like. Like he's just the, like um, the guy who uh, Dolomite, who is oh, what's his real name? I can't remember. I can't remember. That's really annoying. But um, who, the character is based on the way Eddie Murphy portrayed him is just like someone who like just never took no for an answer. Like life was always knocking him down, but he's like he always knew that he would make something of himself, and he didn't stop until he did. And like I just think the film, obviously, you kind of know that the film's going to end on a on a um, on a high note, like with him on a high, because otherwise why would they make the film? But like, there's just I think there's a couple lines he says like right at the end. It's like that. Basically, he goes through all of this, all these uh, trials and tribulations. Um, ends up making a film. Basically, no one wants to show the film because like it's 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 shit. Basically, like, the film is shit. Basically, it's one of those films that's so shit that it's funny. Okay. And, yeah, and he like makes it thinking, like, oh yeah, black people are gonna love this because they they want to see like karate and they want to see uh tits and they want to see blah 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 
and obviously all the all the executive producers and stuff like that, they're all like, oh, no one's going to want to watch this. Wesley Snipes plays like some snobby um, actor who was like, yeah, this is going to be fucking terrible. No one's going to watch this. He's like, I'll see you guys in the premiere. Actually, there probably won't be a premiere. And he just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and he ends up having to um, like go around trying to find cinemas to uh, that will play his film. And he has, and he has to pay um, he has to pay people to pay the cinema to show his film rather than the cinema paying him. And in the end, like obviously the first night, there's like a line outside the door like people are lined up to see it. Like everyone loves it. And then that it becomes like a really, really massive film. Is it a and, um, disaster artist Yeah, a bit actually. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, it sounds very similar. Yeah, it's actually quite similar. Um, and like right at the end, he's like basically does like a little a little speech about um, like uh, don't let anyone tell you that you can't achieve whatever and um, you know to like, try and shoot for the moon and stuff like that and blah blah and it's like a really I lifted that like, t- to the point where I actually got like a little lump in my throat like right at the end so I don't oh, know yeah, why a little thug tear <laughs> literally I almost had a thug tear honestly and I was like <laughs> I was proper rooting for him and yeah man I thought so I, I really enjoyed Dolomite it a real person yeah the guy who is not Dol- but the it's based on a true story um so the guy who created the character Dolomite, I can't remember what his name is, and it's really pissing me off, but it is based on Rudy something, Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore, that's his name, yeah, Rudy Ray Moore, um, who is the guy who plays Dolomite. Um, so yeah, it is based on true story. And he went on to make like three or four um, like black exploitation inverted commas, films, uh, and they made like, quite a lot of money back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and then it was up against Jojo Rabbit, seen that? I've seen that. What's it like? So, is it basically a comedy about a little Nazi boy who's imaginary friend with Hitler? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, I think uh, I think you would appreciate this film. Okay. Um, I it's not really for me. Uh, it's not really my sort of style. It's more. It's quite like a death of Stalin. That sort of you know that sort of humor, which isn't really my my thing. But I appreciate it, and I think it starts off really slow and kind of crap, from being honest. Like the first 20, 30 minutes, I think, isn't good. And it just gets better and better as it goes along. I think, actually, as the film gets more dramatic, it gets better, rather than... Because okay. it leans quite hard into the comedy, I think, for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but after that, I think it gets better. There's a few dramatic plot lines. The little, the little boy, the little actor, really, really good. Um, which, is, which is saying something, because kid actors normally appreciate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And there's a turning point in the film, um, which gets tugged to the heartstrings. You're like, fuck. And then that's when the film kind of like gets, gets really good. And it ends, it ends strong as well. So, yeah, in, overall, I, think I quite liked it. But um, I wouldn't like, you know, go and buy it on DVD or anything. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, from your description, I'm kind of surprised it's been nominated. But these are the Golden Globes, so they're a bit more... Yeah, uh... It was nominated for an Oscar too, so... Okay, well, we'll get yeah. on to those. Um, I'll just... Oh, can briefly... I just say quickly, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, obviously, we're going to get into the Oscars in a minute, but Taron Egerton got snubbed for the Oscars, I think. Well, so... yeah, that was going to be one of my questions, the snubs. But, um, yeah. So we'll go to best performance by an actress in a drama motion picture. Uh, so Renee Zellweger won for Judy. Um, nominated also was Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Thron for Bombshell and Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Mm. Then for... Oh, no, that's no actress for the other one yet. 
So you've seen Judy. You, yeah. I think you said at the time you probably thought she'd get a nom. Um, yeah. But I guess actresses or actors in general tend to if they play a real person. Um, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, they're a real person. Hey, we should nominate them. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Little Women or Bombshell or Harriet? I've seen all of them, yeah. Bloody hell, you've done really well I, so far. So uh, out of those five, um, I mean, I have only seen Marriage Story and I thought Scarlett Johansson was pretty pretty good in it. So, um, But you've seen all five. What would you say out of those? Um, who was nominated for Little Women? Sorry, remind me. Saoirse Ronan. Say again? Saoirse Ronan. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Got you. Um, so out of those five, is it five of them? Yeah. Out of those five, um, Renee Zellweger for me is the front runner. Um, okay. Even though the film itself isn't the best, I think her performance is really, really good. Uh, she did well, to, I think, to show um, how much Judy Garland was struggling at that time of her career, um, mm-hmm. at that point of her life. Um, and I think she... Her... Renee Zellweger's um, high of her performance is higher than the rest of those women, I think. Okay. Um, Do you think um, it is kind of the reason that people get nominated for playing real people is because you can actually see how well the actor has encapsulated them, if that makes sense? So, obviously, for fictional films... um, you're like okay well Scarlett Johansson is playing that person but I know it's Scarlett Johansson whereas if you're watching that you think oh actually Renaud Zellweger really does look and act like Judy Garland and so therefore you instantly think they must be a good actor in the same Mm. sense that when I was watching Rocketman again I was like do you know what he looks really like Elton John he sings really well his mannerisms are great so therefore you instantly think that they've done a really good acting job do you think that's a fair point? I think that's fair I think that's fair and yeah, do you know what? I think I think you're spot on to be honest, and I think that's part of the reason why um, uh, Rami Malek won won last year. I think the Oscars for what's his face. For yeah. Mercury, Although if Rami Malek won an Oscar for Re- Freddie Mercury, Taron Egerton should definitely win an Oscar Mate, for, for, yeah. for Elton John. But hey ho, that's uh, that's another that's another thing. Uh, so the actor, best actor for a jump motion picture drama, Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Uh, up against Christian Bale for Le Mans 1969 or whatever it's called, uh, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Um, I've seen two of those films. I would say that from an... It's really tough, because Joaquin Phoenix was great in Joker, but I also think that Adam Driver proved to me that he can act in Marriage mm. Story. Um, and I think that that emotional scene where they shout at each other and they're like I want to kill you know I wish you were dead sort of thing like that for both of them was like the moment in the film I was like yeah this is they're really good acting so I'm not begrudging Joaquin Phoenix but I also think Adam Driver would have been a good shout um you saw Ford versus Ferrari um Mm. don't know if you've seen Pain on Glory I think it's a Spanish film so so, uh, you you happy with Joaquin winning that I am, yeah. I think I think Adam Driver was really good. Christian Bell was really good as well. But I think Wacky Phoenix um, blows them both out of the water, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So, Best Actress for Musical or Comedy. Aquafina won for The Farewell. 
Uh, Anna de Armas was nominated for Knives Out, Kate Blanchett for Where'd You Go, Bernadette, Bernie Feldstein for Booksmart, and Emma Thompson for Late Night. Um, I mean, I, I can't say I've heard of most of those films, unfortunately. But which one? Which is the other one you've seen? I've seen Knives Out and I've seen Booksmart. I think the only two I've seen. Was Booksmart any good? It was alright, to be fair. It's basically super bad, but with with women. Oh, okay. Yeah, funny enough, the girl who's in it, I'm not sure if it's the one who's been nominated, but the girl who's in it is um, Joan Hill's sister. Really? Yeah. I found out the other day. I was well surprised. <laughs> Interesting. I think it might be Beanie Feldstein, or whatever her name was. Um, then actor for a musical comedy, Taryn Edgerton won for Rocket Man. Woo! Uh, nominated was Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name, Daniel Craig for Knives Out, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit. That's the little kid. And Leonardo DiCaprio for once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, um, I think to be honest, Leonardo DiCaprio was really good in that. Uh, he was him and Brad Pitt were the saving graces in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Everything yeah, <laughs> but those two were really good. I'm not sure Daniel Craig's performance in Knives Out was um, award worthy. Yeah. But, no, I, I mean he, he put on a semi dodgy Belgian accent or well, no, <laughs> Kentucky accent. Sorry, I was going to say was that Belgian. <laughs> no, no, I, I was thinking of Poirot or you know, oh yes. Yeah. He's, he's a knockoff of Praro, isn't he? But yeah. whatever accent you put on. I'm, I'm not uh, saying that. I think Taron, Taron's a worthy winner there. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Uh, and then, do we care about supporting? I'm just going to go through the winners of the next few categories. Yeah, so La- Laura Dern won for Best Supporting Actress in for what? Uh, uh, Marriage Story. I think, uh, do you know what? I'm not going to lie, right? Everyone was talking about how good she was in Marriage Story. I didn't, me firstly, I didn't see it. She had that one scene where she talked about um, like divorce and women's role in divorce, blah, blah, blah. That was the only scene she had, really. I thought every other scene, she didn't really do much, if I'm being honest. I think she only got nominated for that one, for that one scene, which I think is, was overstated. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a trend of this, though, isn't there? Like, you know, um, Sam Rockwell for uh, Vice. You know, mm. he, he was in it for about four minutes. But... So that was the most undeserving nomination ever. Yeah. And he won as well. Um, best Supporting Actor, didn't he, for the Oscars? Uh, Brad Pitt won for Best Supporting Role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Who else was nominated uh, in that category? Can you tell me? Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Never heard of that. Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Oh, Al Pacino, man. Al Pacino, yeah. Really good, yeah. I, I would probably say Al Pacino might edge it for me. But yeah. Brad Pitt was really good in it, and he—I don't think he's ever won an Oscar. So, really, yeah. And then uh, best male director. Oh no, sorry, it's not male director. It's just best director. Um, <laughs> the shade. Meow. Uh, <laughs> meow. Woke. Right, so <laughs> Sam Mendes won for 1917. Uh, up against Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong John, sorry, Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, which is a Korean horror film. Um, so, I mean, do you know what? I think whilst 1917 is great from a technical standpoint, arguably that film works due to the editing yeah rather than the direction yeah and the cinematography so um, i don't know about that 
Uh, because I always struggle with this kind of, with director because I'm not going to lie, like we've been doing this podcast for how for what three years now? I think is it three years? Yeah, yeah. And I'm still not sure what the director does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he basically orchestrates everything. So he will right. tell the cameraman where he wants the shots to do, you know, the cinematography to be. He'll tell the actors how they want, he wants them to deliver their line. Um, he will, you know, have a hand in pretty much everything. And some directors will have final cut say as well. So they will decide how the film is edited. Um, not all directors do, but some do. So they do get all of the kind of credit. Um, right. They're basically like a project manager. Right. Okay. You know, they're like, you do this, you do this, you do that, like that. Um, mm. I don't know. I think uh, maybe I've, I've not seen Parasite. I've heard really, really good things about it. Yes. Yeah, but maybe, maybe Sam Mendes is worthy. When is it a horror film, Parasite? I think it might be. Oh, man. But I don't know. Um, I don't want to watch it if it's a horror film. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go for any other Golden Globes categories unless there's one you particularly want me to. No, not really. They do TV as well, but that's what the Emmys are for, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll go on to the Oscars, the main one. <laughs> so, performance by an actor in leading role, a.k.a. best actor. Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. Jonathan Price in the two popes. How does that shape up with the Golden Globes? Pretty similar, isn't it? Pretty damn similar. Let's see. Uh, in terms of the drama one, pretty much all of them. The only one that wasn't in there was Antonio Banderas, but he was. What was he in there for? Sure, I mentioned his name at some point. You did, uh, Pain in something. Pain in Glory or something. Pain in Glory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, exactly the same. Apart from Christian Bale. So, Leo DiCaprio was from the musical comedy one. Um, who do you think then is going to win Best Actor? I think Joaquin Phoenix will win that one as well. Yeah. Um, I think now that Leo's got his Oscar, <laughs> they're just like... <laughs> Probably won't give a shit again for a while. Out of curiosity, right? How many, like off top of your head, how many of DiCaprio's performances do you think were Oscar winner worthy? Um, I mean, I can't remember who he was up against, so that's a massive caveat. But I certainly think um, performances in The Departed, um, in Shutter Island, um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, for certain. Yeah. are like standout performances mm-hmm. um i mean i love him in pretty much everything he's in like inception yeah. was great but i don't really think like inception's a sort of best actor worthy kind of picture but django, django yeah yeah do you know what maybe a best supporting yeah uh, yeah especially with the kind of legend of when he cut his hand and he just carried on mm-hmm. um, i think he's a great actor and i i it's a shame that he won for the revenant because i don't really think that that was his kind of best performance, but yeah. it was kind of a cumulative thing. Um, I, I do, I mean, I've not seen Pain and Glory, but I, I do think Joaquin Phoenix will win it. Um, I think Adam Driver's probably the second, you know, will probably get silver. 
not that you get anything. Has he been nominated for other... I'm sure he's got other Oscar noms, hasn't he? Adam Driver, more making now. Really? I'm not sure. I don't know. I feel he, like... I f- he's not been in tons. No. Or did he get one for Black Klansman? That's what I'm thinking. I feel like he did, but I might be wrong. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe best supporting or something. I don't know. Anyway. Supporting actor nominations are Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for The Irishman, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's uh, going to be Al Pacino. I agree. I agree. But now that you said it about that Brad Pitt's never won one, I kind of want him to go. <laughs> That's also true. And he did win the Golden Globe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether the the voters voting system is similar or what, but I mean, that, that is a, uh, a category full of very old men. Mm. Very old. I mean, Anthony Hopkins is in his 80s. So I'm pretty sure Joe Pesci is. Al Pacino's almost 80. Brad Pitt's in his mid-50s. Tom Hanks is 60-odd, so... Joe Pesci's old as fuck in the Irishman, man. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Can you imagine, like, how much they had to de-age then? Right. right. Best Actress nominations. Mm. Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Charlize Theron for Bombshell. And Renee Zellweger for Judy. What pretty much the same as um, Thingy, isn't it? Yeah, pretty similar. Um, I also, I saw Bombshell last week and I think that Charlize Theron's nomination is undeserved. Undeserved? Why would you say that? She doesn't do anything special, in my opinion. In my, in my, in my, in my humble novice opinion, she doesn't do, compared to the other four, four women on that list, she doesn't do anything special. So yeah. if, I had to buy, if I had to do order, she'd be dead last. Not that she was bad, but she didn't do anything above and beyond for, if, in my opinion, for her to be nominated for an Oscar. Fair enough. Do you want to give a little mini review of Bombshell then? Tell us what it's about. Um, yeah, Bombshell is basically about um, a scandal at Fox in 2016 to do with um, a reporter, uh, Megan Kelly, I think was her name, and an interaction or altercation even she had with Donald Trump when he was um, doing his uh, the presidential primaries to become, you know, the, the Republican candidate for the, uh, the US presidency. Um, basically, the the um, what's it called? The oh, fucking hell, what am I trying to say? She got into an argument with with Trump basically because she talked about how he treats women, and then Trump apparently got really annoyed at her, and then on Twitter started going at her, sending her like hundreds of tweets about what bad reporter she is, how bad her show is, blah 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 blah. Um, and then that turned loads of people on this Megyn Kelly woman. She was getting death threats and whatever, whatever, because people, I don't know, people hated her. Trump said something about her menstruating on live television. And then that got even more people angry at her for some reason. So then she had to go. <laughs> how dare she have a period? <laughs> yeah, honestly, how dare she? And then she had to go into, bit, into hiding a little bit. But she had loads of reporters following her, blah, blah, blah. That was her story. Then you've got, um, uh, what's her name? 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 Fucking hell. Nicole Kidman. There you go. Nicole Kidman's character. She was Gretchen someone. Um, And she was basically a woman who started off as, um, like, she had a really popular show with another, with a man. But um, she basically became too opinionated and basically she got demoted to a show by herself. 
we're uh, on a non-prime spot. Um, and basically, she was kind of just trying to do her bit to kind of like help women, I suppose. There was like, one where she did like a no makeup day. She went on TV, did a show without any makeup, try and show women, you know, you can go out, go about your stuff. You don't have to prove your self-worth by wearing makeup, blah, 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 blah. Um, and she was quite like uh, a feminist, I would say, um, mm-hmm. trying to promote her feminism on the Fox network. Obviously, Fox is full of, you know, old white men, very conservative, very right wing, that sort of era, like older, old, older people, the older generation. They don't really like this female empowerment stuff. So people didn't really like the direction that she was going in. Um, she spoke to loads of lawyers because she pretty much knew that if she kept doing what she was doing, she was going to get fired. In the end, she did get fired um, with, in her eyes, no probable cause. She used that as a spark to um, to uh, sue the head of Fox, not Rupert Murdoch, but the guy who basically runs Fox, um, basically for sexual harassment. And this guy, what was his name? I can't remember, but he was old and fat and white. And he <laughs> was <laughs> he basically sexu- sexually harassed bare women, uh, one of whom was um, Margot Robbie. And she was like a rising up and comer. She wanted to kind of like get her own spot on Fox. I think she was bisexual, but I'm not actually sure on that. Um, and she had to kind of like, she had a friend who was gay and her friend had to kind of like hide the fact that she was gay and work for Fox. And her friend was actually, um, she was a Democrat working for Fox, which is like, and she had to like hide the fact that she, she was a Democrat because obviously they would fire her. Um, and um, yeah, she got sexually harassed as well because she wanted to kind of like, um, she wanted to kind of like rise up in the company, get maybe get her own show at some point. And the guy, um, head of Fox, was basically, he was like, we need something. We need, his like mantra was like, we need to keep viewers engaged. How are we going to do that with women who look nice and who have nice legs? So like every time he interviewed a woman for a show, he'd be like, stand up, give me a twirl, let me see your legs. We need to keep the viewers interested. Whenever... Um, the cameras were on, he'd be like, yeah, she make sure we show her legs, her full body, blah, 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 blah. Um, no, none of the women were allowed to wear um, trousers. They all had to wear uh, dresses and skirts. God. Um, this is 2016 as well. Like, it's not even like it's a time yeah. ago. It's 2016. It's mental. Um, oh. None of the women were allowed to wear uh, skirts and stuff. And yeah, basically, so when Gretchen, Nicole Kidman's character, she got fired. Um, she sued, I think his name was Alan. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say Alan. I'm not sure it was Alan. She sued Alan for sexual harassment and she was like, yeah, we're going to get loads of women to, um, to stand up and say they've been sexually harassed too because we know that it's happened. Um, but in the end, well, no, in the start, nobody really um, came forward. Um, and then Charlize Theron's character, Megan Kelly, admitted that she'd been sexually harassed after loads of debate whether or not she should actually do it because she didn't want to um, put her job at risk. Um, but then after she came forward, loads of women came forward, like women from like 20, 30 years ago come forward and said, this guy's sexually harassing me, blah, 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 blah. Um, in the end, uh, Alan, whatever his name is, gets fired by Rupert Murdoch Rob- and his Roger sons. Roger Alice. Roger Ailes. That's it. Yeah, Roger. <laughs> I, was, I was close, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he gets fired by Rupert Murdoch. Um, and uh, Megan Kelly, I think, stays at her job. Um, Gretchen, obviously she's been fired, but she gets like a, I think a $20 million settlement, but mm. she can't come out afterwards and say anything about um, sexual harassment afterwards. Um, 
Margot Robbie's character mans up and decides to quit her job and go somewhere else. Um, sorry, woman's up. Um, <laughs> and uh, what else happens? Yeah, and that's pretty much it, to be honest. So, like, it was quite proper funny because there was one point where all these women on the show who were like, um, who, who were like producers and stuff and whatever, and directors, were adamant that Roger never sexually harassed anyone. They were going to people saying, oh, I've never seen this happen in my life, blah, blah, blah. They were wearing support Roger t-shirts, you know, like Kenny Dalglish and fucking um, Louis yeah, Suarez. Louis Suarez. Well. <laughs> it, was, it was literally like that. Uh, they were wearing the shirts. As soon as he got convicted, everyone took the shirts off. They were, everyone was wearing trousers. It was fucking, it was hilarious. <laughs> I was cracking up. Um, so yeah, so he gets fired. Um, Megan Kelly keeps a job. Gretchen gets a settlement. Margot Robbie leaves her job. Um, and yeah, the pretty much, film pretty much ends there. Rufus Murdoch takes over from uh, Roger's ro- role. And the way he was um, doing his speech and the way the film kind of like the dramatic music made me think that okay maybe Rupert Murdoch is actually worse than this guy oh but really I don't really yeah but I don't really know that but that's the way the film made it seem in my opinion um, did it have yeah. like one of those little coders at the end where it's like this is what happened in real life blah 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 yeah it had like the amount of women who came forward I think it, I don't know what how many it was I feel like it was it was quite a lot though the amount of women who came forward and said they were sexually harassed it talked about um how um, Al, uh, Roger, someone, and someone else got um, their, their own severance pays, and it was combined like 70 million. But the combined amount that was paid out to all the women who had been sexually harassed was only like 65 million. Uh, that, oh, was, that was, right. yeah, they made a quite big point of that. Um, that's pretty much it, to be honest. Yeah, it was, in, it was, it was an engaging film. Um, yeah, I liked it. it so Margot Robbie is nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, yeah. Is she worthy over maybe Nicole Kidman? She was all right. <laughs> she was all right. She was all right, but like not, 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 not. Uh, you know, I'd g- I would have given her if he asked me to rate a performance. I would have given it like a seven point five. Okay, she was good. But well, I wouldn't she, say she was outstanding. She's up against Florence Pugh for Little Women, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, and Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. So interestingly, Scarlett Johansson, uh, who's never won an Oscar, is nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. So theoretically could win too. Um, There's also a Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress nomination for people in Little Women. So have you seen that? I have seen that. What are you you like with costume dramas? (laughs) Eh? What are you like with costume dramas? Um, I'm alright. I'm easy with them, to be honest. Like, I, thought was, I, I, I really liked the film, actually. I thought it was really good. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and the, 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 quite a lot of people were saying that the 1994 version was better, so I might watch that one as well, just to see what it's like. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, solid, it's a, it's a good film. I really, I really enjoyed it. I didn't really get what was going on at the start of it, if I'm being honest, because they were kind of like flashing back and forth um, from like, I think it was like a seven-year seven year gaps I wasn't sure what was present day and what wasn't present day and mm. it made it even harder because all the actresses who played their present selves also played their past selves so oh, okay. Florence, yeah so Florence Pugh's character she plays a 20 year old and a 13 year old at the same time what so I was like yeah so I was like what the fuck I was like is she 20 now or is she 13 like, what's going <laughs> and she's got a really deep voice as well for a lady so I was thinking like I don't know how old you're supposed to be they should have de-aged her innit yeah they actually should have um, uh, is it worthy of the nominations uh, for for what's her name? The uh, something Ronan. Yeah, that's um that's um her name is mental. Um, 
But yeah, she was really, she was really, really good. There was one bit in particular, yeah, where I was like, I'm not even a woman, and I, a woman, and I feel your pain. She was talking about like, <laughs> it was something like, um, basically, she basically she was like a feminist before feminism was like a, a thing. Like she was proper like independent. She was like say, fuck getting married. Um, I'm gonna, I wish I could go to war. I want to go to war. I wanna, I wanna support my family. Da 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 da. Like proper like alpha male stuff, alpha female, and like there was one point where she was t- basically she was talking about um her her friend her friend who loved her um what's his name laurie laurie played by timothy Chalamet. um basically he had gone off and uh he admitted their love to her she rejected him and basically he went off and they stopped being friends and whatever and basically she, she was talking about um she wants to be a successful woman independent of a man um, I want to think for myself. I want to wear my own clothes. I want to earn my own money. I want to do blah, blah, blah. I want to be my own woman in this world. Um, she, she said, but at the same time, I'm so lonely because she's so, she's, she's so independent and she wants to be like this independent woman. But no, at that time, no man wants to be with a woman who's not subservient. Mm. So she was just like, I'm so lonely. And I was like, ah, for your pain, girl. Even though I'm, even though I'm not a woman, I can't really feel your pain. But I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you lonely, she's, she's, Obi? Yeah, okay? she was really good, man. She was really good. So, uh, who else was nominated in that in that category? Uh, Charlie Theron, Renee Zellweger, Scarlett Johansson, and Cynthia Erivo. Yeah, either, either her or Renee Zellweger, one of those. I two. think like Saoirse Ronan is another one of those people that gets nominated to pretty much anything she's in. I, I think she was nominated for Mary Queen of Scots. Um, Mary Queen of Scots. I did see that. I can't remember. She's she's a good actress, so I'm not. I'm she not in um. Was she in Ladybird? Yes. Yeah, I didn't like that film at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same director as Little Women, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, what's her name? Fuck. Greta uh, something. No, Greta Gerwig, that's it. Married oh. to Noah Baumbach. Um, so, Scarlett Johansson, is she worthy of a nomination for Jojo Rabbit? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in my opinion. She's better in. She's way better in in uh, Marriage Story than she is in Jojo Rabbit. Obviously, in Marriage Story, she gets a lot more to a uh, lot more to handle, a lot more to deal with. Yeah, um, she's good in. She's good in Jojo Rabbit, but um, yeah. There's, there's to be fair. There's one scene in Jojo Rabbit where she pretends to be the boy's the little boy's dad, which was really good. But apart from that, I thought the rest of the performance was fine. But it wasn't, you know, mind blowing. I feel like I'm shitting on shitting on all the female actresses. Give me the male. Give me the male actors. I'm gonna shit on them some. some. All right, you can shit on uh, Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci. Just old white men. Go on. Yeah, I haven't seen Tom Hanks one. I've seen uh, and who else was it? I haven't seen Anthony Hopkins one either. What was the other the other ones? Three. Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Your film was shit, but you were alright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Al Pacino. Al was really good. So I'll, don't I'll say we're not balanced. Uh, so who's who's winning Best Supporting Actress then? Um, fuck! What was the who was the, who was the, who the Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Margot Robbie, Kathy Bates, Laura Dern, Florence Pugh, Scarlett Johansson, Margot Robbie. Honest, out of those five, I think um, I'll probably give it to Florence Pugh only because she she has to act like two basically two different roles in the same film okay. and she was she was all right at it but obviously it was confusing for me until i 
realised that she was playing a 13-year-old and a 20-year-old at the same time. <laughs> um, but she was good, I guess. Um, and yeah, probably her or Scarlett Hansen, I guess, because okay. of that one scene I, I enjoyed. So we've got, they're all the acting nominations. I want to ask you who in the acting categories, whether it's leading or supporting, do you think are unfairly omitted? Um, sorry, can you say that question again? Sorry. So in all of the acting categories, best actor, yeah. best actress, best supporting, best supporting, uh, who should be nominated but isn't? Who have we left out? You mentioned Taron Edgerton earlier. Yeah, Taron Edgerton is the one that's sticking out in my mind at the minute. Who would uh, you replace him with then? Who, who? I mean, you've not seen Pain and Glory, so you can't really comment on that, but you've got Leo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, Jonathan Price. So uh, with the three you've seen, would you maybe substitute Taron Edgerton for Leo? Um, I would substitute him for Adam Driver, probably. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I feel like Adam Driver gave more of an acting performance, like, like proper, like, got right into his emotional core for mm. marriage story. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, then again, enough. I think I was so surprised because up until that point, I've not really considered him that particularly good actor. Because um, mm. Kylo Ren's so fucking wooden, but um, yeah. What about Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy, I thought he was good, but I don't think Oscar worthy. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in there. If I'm being honest. Okay. Um, I'm literally blanking on what I've seen this past year. You know, when you so, see so much, you're just like, I can't even remember what I've fucking watched. Yeah, I mean, you saw Le Mans '69 or whatever year it is. I can't quite remember. <laughs> Um, is it 66? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a Freudian slip, isn't it? Um, <laughs> is Matt Damon like best supporting, maybe? Was he good? You know what? Matt Damon's another one who he has a couple of really good moments, but overall, if I'm taking his whole performance the, over the whole film, I wouldn't say that it's Oscar worthy, but he has some really good moments. I think that's similar with Adam Driver, to be honest. I think Adam Driver has really good moments. Um, but overall, I wouldn't say the whole entire performance is like I was blown away. But I was blown away. I was blown away by a couple of very good moments. Fair um, so no to Matt Damon is the is the conclusion. I'm going to throw a slight curveball for Best Actress, Florence Pugh for Midsummer, which is the I didn't see it. Nigh on three hour long horror film uh, about you know Midsummer Festival in Sweden. She does a lot of like emotional, like she carries that. She's pretty, in pretty much every scene, and she, and it looks like it was quite a uh, challenge for her. Um, you know, she she does really well. She has a range of acting um, from like the emotional to kind of she does like dance it. I don't know. Like I, I'm absolutely slaughtering this, but <laughs> I feel like she shows a good range, mm. and she's the yeah she does all the heavy lifting there's a lot of emotional kind of pressure put on her um it's basically she right at the start of a film she loses her sister and her mother and father to a murder suicide um so her sister basically uh is suicidal and and gases the entire home with like car fumes um so all of her family die at this point um Florence Pugh's boyfriend sort of ain't feeling it um his head his head's turned um but 
because she's just lost her family, he like spur of the moment invites her along to this like lads trip to Sweden to yeah. go to this midsummer festival. And then when you get there, like it's proper culty. Um mm. and then like weird shit starts to happen, like people jump off cliffs and break their legs and it gets like very, very gory. You would hate it. But it's also quite psychological. Um and basically the conclusion is that she becomes what's called the May Queen. So she's like, you know, the the, the, the queen of the ceremony and uh she gets to choose people to sacrifice in the name of their kind of deity. Um and she and over the course of the film her boyfriend just becomes more of a knob so she kind of chooses him and he gets uh, incapacitated and sewn into a bearskin and then set on fire. Um, sewn into a bearskin? Yeah. And set on fire. But she's really good in it. Um, yeah. But I mean, I've not seen many of the other leading actress performing films. So but I would just throw in, you know, horror is often a, a, a genre where you don't necessarily get recognised for your acting. But... Mm-hmm. I would I would say that she was very well in that. I'm going to skip over animated feature. Um, okay. Do you care about cinematography? Not particularly. I'm still looking for. Um, I'm just looking through films that come out last year, trying to think of maybe someone who got snubbed. All right. But carry on uh, what you're saying. Sorry. Right. Costume design. Nope. Right. Directing. Again. Um, best male director. Oh no. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Irishman. Martin Scorsese, Todd Phillips for The Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just Deja Vu, and then Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. So pretty much the same for the same, Golden yeah. Globes. Um, I mean, so then you would probably expect Sam Mendes to win? Yeah. I think people were maybe shouting that Greta Gerwig was snubbed, for, considering Little Women's got two nominations for acting. I see that, yeah. I think, yeah. I, do, I can see that. I would also maybe say that Noah Baumbach from Marriage Story. Again, you know, a couple of acting nominations. Um, I think I, I don't know if it has got a screenplay nomination, but I'd be surprised if it doesn't. You know, it, it, he was very good at directing. Um, you think it's probably... Do they give it to Martin Scorsese just because the Irishman is full of old white men? I don't know. Yeah. Just give it to Sam Mendes for that. Um Arkansas Scorsese will win, you know. Yeah, they don't always follow the Golden Globes. Uh, otherwise, mm. there wouldn't be any point, really, um, in having two different awards. I mm. uh, want to shout out a Best Documentary Feature nominee for Sama. So our mate Larry was a yes, part Larry. production of that film. So that is nominated for Best Documentary at the Oscars. Hey. So uh, not seen any of them, but just for you, Larry, hope for you hope you win that um film editing just wait what mate this year has been so long sorry i'm just going through films that come out this year us came out this last year Fuck yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> i know i can't believe this i know ages ago 1917 is not nominated for best film editing is it actually not no that's crazy I mean, well, I know, I know the whole point is that it doesn't look like there are any edits, but yeah. that is the sign That's of a good edit. So I'm, I mean, Joker's nominated for that. So is Parasite. So is Jojo Rabbit, Irishman, Ford versus Ferrari. Um, I think Joker, Joker got eleven nominations. Yeah, 
which is pretty damn high. Um, Can I ask you something quickly about Joker? Well, yeah. Not, well, in the in the broader sense. So was it Joker was nominated this year? Was Black Panther was nominated last year, right? Yes. So for best. Oh picture. no, the year before. Year before for best picture. So do you think we're coming into a time now where, like, more super comic book related films are going to get like Oscar noms? I think so, Two and years. I'm surprised that they kind of haven't before because whilst they are kind of, you know, popcorn blockbuster films, that they also are, you know, in certain respects pieces of art. Not all of them. I'm not saying that, but you know, I, I'm. Do you know what? Maybe a snub would be Tony. Um, I'll say Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Do you think maybe for his performance in Endgame? It was, he, to be honest, he was really good. So, yeah, possibly. Would he be a, would he be a main, actor, main actor or supporting? Probably. He could be in either, to be honest. Yeah, true. Um, I think certainly there is less kind of snobbery about superhero films now. Um, and it's, it's sort of like, you know, if you're an actor and you get into a superhero film, it's sort of like, yeah, you've made it. So I think there is a sh- certain shift. And especially with the kind of more inclusive route that superhero films are taking, you've got like people of colour, not only behind the camera, but in front of it. Um, you know, you've got female-led films, female-directed films. Um, you've got and like anti-hero films. You've got super-villain films. So that it's going in different directions. And I think that is to, the, to its credit obviously the dark knight was recognized at the time um but again i think that was more because of heath ledger yeah um, but yeah i mean for a picture i can't remember possibly yeah. sorry carol not going to do the music ones so best picture nominees mm-hmm. ford versus ferrari the irishman mm-hmm. jojo rabbit joker little women there you go. Little Women's nominated for Best Picture, but not Best Director. Not what? Yeah. Uh, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Also, interestingly, Parasite is nominated for Best Foreign Language Film as well. Yeah. Um, it's not every day you get a foreign language film nominated for Best Picture. So, Wasn't one nominated uh, last year or year before? The Spanish film, not the Spanish film, Mexican film, wasn't it? Oh, uh, Roma. Oh my, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I mean, saying, obviously, pretty damn good film. Um, so uh, that's a, a much larger category. Um, nominees. Is were they the best films of last year? And if so, is it indicative that maybe last year wasn't a particularly impressive year? Mm. So. Uh... Were they the best films of last year? Yes. Um, is it indicative that uh, last year was very meaty in terms of films? Yes. Mediocre. Very mediocre, in my opinion. Obviously, these fil- the films that are in there, like I've seen uh, all, all of them par-, par Parasite, they are very good. But there's for me, there's no great films in there. Like, yeah. There's no, like, in 10 years, this is going to be a classic films in there, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to sort of compare it to um, 2015, which Mm. I think was a quite strong year, uh, which the Best Picture nominees were Birdman, American Sniper, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything and Whiplash. Mm. But I would probably take 
Whiplash, Birdman, and American Sniper are over most of the films that are nominated yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, I think then, 2017 was really strong as well. I can't remember what was nominated. But... Um, well, you've got 2016 was Spotlight, Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Room. Again, mm. I think that's a pretty strong category. Pretty strong, yeah. Um, 2017, Moonlight, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Yeah, that is, know, that's strong. That, that is strong. That is strong. And obviously Moonlight won for that. But, you, you know, you could have Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hidden Figures, like, if you only watched it once, La La Land. Uh, if you watch it a second <laughs> time, definitely not. Um, Manchester by the Sea was sick Arrival was sick like all of those films are sick whereas I think not knocking that Joker's not worthy of 11 nominations but in pretty much any other year wouldn't yeah. do you know what I mean I think and, and again I've not seen Jojo Rabbit so I can't really comment too much on it but from what you're, you've described it's sort of like it's a good film but is it worthy of the 8 or so Oscars it's nominated for yeah I don't know. Yeah. Not so, so out of that group, what what's your money on for best picture? Um, what's my money on, or what would I like to win? What's your money on? My money is on um, Joker. Okay, but what would you like to win? What would I like to win? I'd like to see Ford vs Ferrari get some love. I'm not gonna lie. I really Was that your it. favorite film of last year? It's in my top five. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, what else was in it? Ford vs Ferrari, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Yeah, um, yeah, either Joker or um, Ford vs Ferrari for me personally. But yeah, like I said, they're all apart from parts from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They're all good films. Yeah, yeah, they they're good. I just are they great? I don't know. No, not yeah, even yeah, not no. No great films. No classics. Yeah, I don't think it's been a stellar year. To the no. point where if you asked me what my top five was, I probably couldn't even think of five films I've seen. I know I've seen a lot more than five, but, you know, mm. I, I think I would struggle. Um, yeah, it's not. But then, to the other degree, the films that, you know, obviously we're talking about UK releases here, so some of these films have actually come out in 2020 rather than 2019. But from what you said about the six or seven films you've seen over the last uh, month, some relatively strong, yeah. strong ones already this year. Um, mm. And what else? What else have we got to look forward to this year? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, the Christopher Nolan one, I think, is coming out this year. Tenet. Yeah, that looks alright. That's pretty good. Um, after that, I actually don't know. Good, you know, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman, those ones. Yeah. And then, what else? I actually, what else is coming out? I actually don't know. I'm going to quickly look it up. Yeah, I'm trying. All right, let's see. I've uh, got Bad Boys for Life. I think that is Sick out. film. Oh, sick is film. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie. You, didn't, I think you didn't really like Bad Boys. So you probably wouldn't like it, but I thought it was actually proper, proper jokes. Well, I'm not a huge fan of Martin Lawrence. Are you not? Ah, um, uh, he gets uh, he gets a lot of um, comedic responsibility in this film, which I think he does really well. 
what else is coming out? Quiet Place Part 2, Mulan. Are you, are you looking forward to a Quiet Place Part 2? Yeah, I'm interested. I'm not really sure it necessarily needed a sequel, but mm. uh, we've actually got the new Mutants coming out this year and their trailer was released, um, which was basically the same as the first trailer, so it seems like uh, delaying the film was a complete waste of time. Um, <laughs> got the latest installment of James Bond, No Time to Die. Uh, you got. Oh, have you seen the trailer for a film called Antebellum? Antebellum? I don't think so, no. Got Janelle Monet in. It's produced by the same people. Oh, I'm watching it, I'm watching it, I'm watching it. Same people who did Us and Get Out. Um, it, it's, oh, is, it, is it a fucking horror film? Yes. Oh, fuck so, I think the antebellum is a sort of deep south kind of thing. Mm. But it's it's one of these um, horror films that plays on black paranoia, I would say. Mm. Um, which I'm, I'm kind of liking these, uh, you know, I guess alternative horror films you've got us and get out and stuff um i think it's a, it's an interesting direction and a different mm. sort of sub-genre um rather than kind of teenage white women screaming for an hour and a half which is what i really want to watch you know but watch the trailer for antebellum and see if you think because you watched us in the end so yeah it'll be all right um black widow is coming out um there's a film called The Woman in the Window, which looks very uh, rear windowy, but that looks quite good. Uh, Sonic Fast the Hedgehog's coming out. <laughs> Fast and Furious 9, Wonder Woman 2. Is that coming out this year? Yeah. How are there nine Fast and Furious films? That is insane. It's crazy. Uh, Wonder Woman 2, uh, Top Gun Maverick, um, Minions, uh, The Purge 5, bloody hell. Uh, Ghostbusters 4 or 3 depending on whether you count the other ones Morbius superhero film oh yeah what do you think of the trailer for Morbius uh, didn't fill me with much joy fair enough but is, he a, he, is he a villain a super villain I think he might be yeah because he's part of the Sinister Six but then I was interested to see that they had uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture at the end yeah. so it's linking into the MCU mm. um Bill and Ted 3, uh, Conjuring 15, uh, The King's Man, Venom 2. Is that really coming out next year? This year? Isn't it? What the hell? Bloody hell. Death on the Nile, which is the uh, Murder on the Orient Express sequel. Uh, the Eternals. That's coming out this year? Yep. Oh, shit. November. Kong versus... Godzilla. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I hate those films. <laughs> Godzilla. Did you watch Godzilla? Nah. Oh, the film was... Oh, I've heard it's not very good. That film was fucking shit. That film was fucking shit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. That film was crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, they're kind of the big ones. Um, the Oscars tend to be ones that you're sort of don't really expect you know kind of your more indie ones but i don't know i don't know if that's shaping up to be a strong year or not but so we'll see in a couple of weeks what what the oscars say and whether we were right whether we think they were deserving but um yeah you got anything else to add obes uh not really only like if i intend if i unintentionally shared on loads of female actress performances i apologize <laughs> mm-hmm. but i didn't mean to <laughs> i didn't mean to but you know oh. 
if, if people have been like, listening to this podcast since the beginning, I think they won't find that a surprise. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, I just well, feel like that certain category wasn't, uh, was it supporting actors? It wasn't strong, in my opinion. Fair enough. Well, Leading we'll actors, a, that was strong. But, yeah. We'll do a little little episode when, when the results come out in two weeks. Yeah. Other than that, I've said 100 will come out in uh, about a month's time when we yeah. record it and we're all together. So uh, any ideas, send them in to YC Podcast 17 from Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all that jazz under your average critics. Peace, Peace. out.